You're listening to a recording of a live radio show on NPR News. If you want to listen to us in real time, you can stream our show live weekdays at 9 a.m. Central. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Good morning. You're listening to NPR News, and I'm Tiffany Hansen in for Carrie Miller. With all of the events over the weekend, we've decided to dedicate this hour to a big unpacking. Uh, the temporary end to the shutdown, Roger Stone's indictment, and, of course, our political junkie Ken Rudin is here to share his thoughts on all the news. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Tiffany. Think of all that's happened since we spoke last Monday. <laughs> My goodness, right? Exactly. Uh, I want to jump in with um, the RNC voting unanimously in support of the president in the 2020 election. Is that significant? Well, it's... <laughs> significant. No, I mean, it's, what it does is that it clearly that the Trump's allies want to make sure that if he has any support among any constituency in this country, it's with his Republican Party. So the RNC had a meeting in New Mexico over the weekend. They flew down a Trump operative to write language saying that, you know, thank you for Donald Trump for your leadership. Of course, he he backed away from a shutdown that he instituted without the wall funding that he promised he would have. But still, the Republican Party, want, or at least the White House, wanted to make sure that the RNC, the Republican Party, stayed on board with the president. And that was the, uh, the uh, reasoning behind that resolution. Is it a signal to other Republicans, don't jump in the race? No, no. I mean, I, I, there, there are other ways to do that. I don't think so at all. I think basically it was pro forma. I think there was mm-hmm. no reason for the Republicans to, to vote no on that. But at the same time, there are clearly other Republicans uh, who have been thinking about it, been talking about it. As a matter of fact, they've been thinking about it since November of 2016. Sure. But maybe there's more talk of that than there was before. Like John Kasich or? Well, John Kasich, the former governor, he just left because of term limits, the former governor of Ohio. Uh, Jeff Flake, the former senator from Arizona. We're hearing Larry mm-hmm. Hogan, the very popular uh, governor of Maryland, uh, who is really kind of a moderate. I can't see how he could possibly win a Republican nomination, given what the Republicans are up against, uh, you know, what the Republicans stand for. But having said that, a lot depends on what we hear from Robert Mueller, if there's a very damning report. And mm-hmm. who knows when that's going to come out? We keep thinking, we keep saying it's going to be soon, but we right. really have no idea. But if it's a damning report, I mean, you know, Kerry Miller could run and maybe get the Republican nomination. Well, <laughs> I'll let not. her know. <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about on the Democratic side, we've got um, more folks considering. Everybody. Everybody's considering. Uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, um, Pete Buttigieg. 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 Okay, Ken, I'll go with Buttigieg. I think that's, I mean, you know, I've seen different pronunciations. Right. But the fact is, I mean, his buttons say Mayor Pete, which is much easier than trying much to pronounce easier. Buttigieg or Buttigieg. Muddy, uh, much and easier. look, you know... I, as far as I know, there's never been a mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who's ever been elected president. <laughs> of course, there's never been any. But it, it is a very wide, expanding, and very diverse presidential field. You think of mm. 2016, where there was one woman by the name of Hillary Clinton in the race. And now you have at least, well, you have four already running. You have Elizabeth Warren. You have uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. You have Kamala Harris, who made it official yesterday in Oakland, California. You have a, a Hawaii congresswoman, Tulsi Gabbard. So, mm-hmm. And then you have Cory Booker. You have Julian Castro. You have colors and, and genders. And 
it's really, I mean, you know, you talk about what America looks like. You see that in the Democratic field for president. Yeah, it's interesting that um, Mayor Pete, uh, he's openly gay, Afghan war vet, millennial. Does that actually make him stand out among a pretty uniform field of candidates? No, in terms I mean, of basically, policy? I think. Yeah, well, the day he announced his candidacy is is basically probably the most attention he'll get. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that to disparage him. It's just that it's such a big field. Uh, We're seeing new announcements almost every day, certainly every week. Uh, Again, as I said, in the past few days, we had we had Gillibrand. We had uh, Kamala Harris. We had Howard Schultz, uh, Mm -hmm. the former CEO Mm -hmm. of Starbucks, announced on uh, basically all but announced on 60 Minutes last night, that he would run as a centrist independent. Uh, of course, uh, the, the, the a, Democrats are... Yeah, pure. I said a Starbucks yeah. gift card in every pot. Well, you know what? It's a, it may be a <laughs> gift card to Donald Trump, because if he runs uh, as a third party, given his, given his longstanding anti-Trump views, he could certainly split the anti-Trump vote and let the president uh, waltz to re-election in 2020. So I hear, I'm hearing from Democrats that if Schultz gets in, if he runs as an independent to split the anti-Trump vote, you know there's going to be a Starbucks uh, a boycott uh, in 2019. So most of these folks, though, are have exploratory committees, right? I mean, not all of them ha- are actually officially announced to be running. True, right. Um, right. So uh, what what's the upside for this early announcement for these folks? Is it to show well, the they're committed? Thing, well, the early announcement... Well, first of all, the, 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 the here's two, two things. The, the debates begin in June of this year. So you know what? I mean, sometimes, and look, I remember when, well, this is, shows how long ago this was, but when John Kennedy announced for president in 1960, he announced in 1960. He announced in January of 1960. Wow. But back then, you know, the primaries weren't as significant. Uh, there weren't debates. Uh, among uh, Democratic contenders in the early stages. And so with debates coming up in June, with the Iowa caucuses only just over a year away, you need to run early. You need to build staff, uh, hire staff, uh, get get organizations off the ground in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in the early states. And that's why they're running earlier than ever. Well, speaking of who announced early, I have a trivia question for you. Are you ready to be put on the spot? Uh-oh. Why not? Oh, Come on, okay. Ken. Okay. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Who was the only one winning candidate who announced the earliest in modern political history? Well, I mean, I do remember Mo Udall of Arizona announcing yes, in 1970s. Although the he didn't win, oh. no, remember? I said winning candidate. Oh, winning? Well, would it be Jimmy Carter? Who you was got Jimmy it. Who when he, ding, 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 uh, Jimmy ding. Carter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jimmy Hurricane Carter. He was a former governor of Georgia. He's not, not Hurricane Carter, of course. But he was Jimmy Who for the longest time. Mm. Uh, nobody knew of him at all, except for the that he's a peanut farmer. And he went on to win the nomination even before he announced Mo Udall, uh, you know, his two brothers, Curly and Larry. Uh, Mo Udall, the congressman from Arizona, uh, announced early as well and did pretty well in the primaries. So candidates are running earlier and earlier than ever. Just so like just so, you know, Mayor Pete Who, people mm. will stop saying that by the time we get closer to well, Iowa and New Hampshire. Right. And I mean, he probably won't stop getting hammered for that. I mean, if you look at the way Obama was, you know, categorized as the, you know, community or he's only been a community organizer, um, you know, that'll still be trotted out against him, won't it? 
I mean, in the way. Well, you know. sure. Look, look, look. Right. Exactly. When Obama announced in 2006, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, in two, yeah, in 2006 that he was considering running, he had only been in the Senate just uh, under two years. So, but you know, something maybe that's the way to go. I mean, Joe Biden has been was in the Senate 36 years when he announced in 2008. That's not the way to go anymore. I think people basically. People, you know, if you if you have a uh, an angle, if you can get certainly certain media attention, you don't have to toil in the halls of Congress for decades mm. to, to move up to the White House. So before I let you go, I want to talk about Steve King. Um, he had a town hall in Iowa. Uh, I think it was over the weekend, right? Um, he couldn't understand, quote, how four words in a New York Times article could outdo 20 years of work. On behalf of Iowans, so I mean, <laughs> well, well, the four words basically the four words are, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically right. he said, since since when does white nationalism uh, does, does that become a dirty word? The fact is, is that Steve King, he's a Republican congressman from Northwest Iowa, who's been saying racially insensitive things and inflammatory things for ages. It just seems like only now the Republicans have, have taken notice. Uh, they 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 stripped him from all committee assignments. Right. He's no longer on the Agriculture Committee, which is important to have when you're running for re-election in, in Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> and basically, they, they've yeah, of all places, right? And they they basically cut ties with him. Now, many Democrats are saying, why wasn't this done earlier? But yeah, that's the that's he, the sixty four thousand dollar question, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. And I think basically they took such a hammering among moderate centrist voters, especially women in 2016, uh, I'm sorry, in 2018, that Republicans basically feel they want to cut their losses, even if it means the possibility of losing the seat. But it's a very, very Republican area in northwest Iowa. My guess Mm -hmm. is that he doesn't even run again and the Republicans could keep the seat. But look, there's anger out there and it is even anger in the Trump base. So we'll see if that inflammatory language helps the Democrats in 2020. Well, I lied. I said I was going to end with Steve King, but I have to get your opinion on Joni Ernst quick. Uh, Another Iowan um, who the details of her divorce decree were made public. Uh, It was awful. Uh, She was very teary on camera. Um, She calling herself a survivor, a rape survivor. Um, Why haven't we seen the kind of Me Too support for her that we did for other women? Is it because... Well, I mean, I, I don't... Look, I, I think it's a personal thing. I don't, I don't think any uh, a U.S. senator who comes out and says that she was raped in college and then and then she's coming off a bad divorce, I don't think people are going to start marching for Joni Ernst. I think it's a very tragic and sensitive and personal uh, thing that she's going through. I think people are willing to give her space. But... Um, but you know, I mean, there's a there's a mixed there's a mixed reaction to the Me Too movement. Think of Kirsten Gillibrand, right. the New York senator who's running for president, and uh, you know she's big, very strong on women's rights and and the Me Too movement. But she also, at the same time, is one of the people who was accused of throwing uh, Al, Franken Al Franken under the bus mm-hmm. uh, when he when he was accused had the accusations. And there are many Democrats who say, "I will never vote for Kirsten Gillibrand for president or for anything because of what she did to Franken." So. It's not as it's not as cut and dry when it comes to reaction to what what, what has been we've been learning about these people involved in this cause. So mm. it's it's personal. Everything is different, and it's it's complicated. Ken, I won't see you next week or talk to you 
Um, so really? you'll have your, to your, 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 career, <laughs> your, your career is finished. My radio career is over now. Um, <laughs> oh, so, so and, you'll just... and, and Carrie Miller comes back from <laughs> Iowa, New Hampshire. I'm warning you right now. Over. Yes, Carrie's back. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, well, Ken. It was great talking to you. All righty. Uh, I'll see you later. All right, take care. You just heard a recording of a live radio show on NPR News. To add your voice to the discussion, you can call in at 800-242-2828 or tweet us at CarrieNPR. And if you miss us live, you'll find all our shows by subscribing to this podcast. You can send us your questions or comments by emailing talk at npr.org.